Hi, and welcome to this podcast about participatory art practices and failure. My name is Tandy McLeod. My name is Ewald Doren, and today we'll be talking with Casper de Mullemeester and Vincent Beekman. Is this a, a, a good moment to uh, try and save the world with a participatory project? Now that it's like a, now that the world is disrupted and I never thought about saving the world. <laughs> I was always thinking about doing just little stuff that that make me happy and make people happy at the same time. And yes, just little little stuff and. Um, I'm working very local, sometimes very one one person. Mm-hmm. So it's just little stories that maybe after it looks like a kind of collection that people can come and see together and feel together. But I never had the idea to change the world so big. And to have a good relation, you have to work very local, even super, super local in team. And so I don't think for me it's something about the world. I, I know we are part of the world, but it's very something very little. More important for me is I don't I don't think I changed I saved the world. I don't know if I changed the world. I just want to pass nice moments with people like I told just pass music with the, with the elderly. Why or is it changing something? And I just pass a good moment. I see their smile. It's good. Mm-hmm. Is there a, it? It seems kind of like counterintuitive for a photographer to start doing like uh, projects that are participatory in nature somehow can you explain that a little bit like i or to me it's a little bit like you're a photographer behind the lens and you're very much like in your in your own space somehow like in a in a very silent version of the world and it's not um i i think it's it's interesting but somehow i have no those things are <laughs> Very easily to disconnect. Like yeah. you see, you be told that we are not, we are, we are, we are more, we are more uh, behind the lens, and we don't, we don't communicate uh-huh. this kind of stuff. Yeah. But yes, but I stay behind. I stay behind. I don't know. I stay on the same kind of observing what happens and just putting some sentence, and then I don't know. I feel that some people are more attractive, and it's not that uh, I always go to the people. I just feel that the people want also to have something. So when they come, it's a kind of ping pong mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. And if there is no response, there will not, nothing will happen in the participative stuff. I just stay silent. I don't, sh- and I, do, I don't also don't want to to punch in the people. So I am I'm always on the back as a photographer, looking and waiting something. And because of the presence of the person, they feel that somebody is there. After some, sometimes they know that I'm a photographer. Some then they go out, or they just are interested. Sometimes they, they don't know, but so they ask, or I, I push a little bit asking, but not too much. I stay. Maybe Casper also can speak because I speak now. Yeah, I think also the there is a perception of photography as as kind of one way activity, and it, for me there was always. A, something problematic that came from a kind of humanistic uh, 
post-World War II vision of photography where you have uh, a single, mostly white male person who goes out into the world to document the truth of it. And this is a very one-way activity. But for me, uh, photography was always more about the exchange. So in today, for me, photography was already a process of a very art form because uh, you share a moment, the person shares the image with you, but you don't go like intrude and like uh, you try to find ways to um, be less invasive and, and, and to really express and explicit this fair exchange, which could be at the, the bottom of the photography, which could be actually the foundation of an image you make. Is this for a lot of people, this is not self-evident. It is counterintuitive, yeah, as you said. Uh, it is something that you have to say to the people that you're not here to take their image. Yeah, because already you use the expression, taking the image. It's like you take it and it's no longer theirs. But I think that Francois and me, and both of us are the kind of photographer who are very uh, sensitive to the fact that you are, you are the one with the camera. And uh, while talking and while sharing a moment of quality, um, that you can establish also another intangible thing this moment next to the image that is then like a reflection of the instant that you're looking at. It sounds like you kind of reinforced that and I can't remember which project it was, but you actually asked for an exchange after where whether it was a something monetary or a question. Mm -hmm. I think that's a nice way to bring it back to the fact that you're you're making a new platform together. It's not just it's not over the second the picture is taken. It's something that Different. Yeah, that was the it is the currency project. Yes, and that uh, very much makes all this what I just said now explicit uh, because there I even done like the costume of a scientist or uh, for some people it reflects on the image of the the, the priests who went to Africa in their white suits to photograph the people yeah. in Africa and they were like white but also in white dressed in white and then they had a camera and their idea was scientific like a scientific neutral idea taking the image and then bringing it to Europe to study it and they're in currency which are, which is called currency not only because there's about an exchange of something but also about a current moment that you, right. you experience a currency together about a being together and there it's really like I, I as a photographer end up with no pictures right? so uh, at the end of these currency sessions when the people go home with their photograph Polaroids there only exists one these. Mm -hmm. And you just have your record. And I have said. a record, like uh, just a record of what happens, and that's uh, the deal we make. Yeah, people I find that really agree, interesting. Before we take the image, people agree to do it or not, and we talk about it. And even if they say no, I don't want to, already there was this exchange about photography, which is already interesting to have. Interesting. Is there is there a specific moment where you started to uh, to work more in a direction of um, Doing participatory uh, projects, working with like community making. Is there one thing where it suddenly started, like, or has it just always like been very clear for you? For example, like that uh, you wanted to do that. I've, I began like making black and white image, very journalistic, and I felt like not touching the what I really liked. For example, I went to Brazil, I met one lens there, photographing transvestites and sexual people. And uh, I was feeling like looking at something I don't know at all, but I wanted, I was interesting, interested in. And I came back and I said, oh yes, I have this image, but 
what what I am doing is this is just if I show to people, people say, "Wow, it's I catchy and nice." So how how did you get inside this? It's okay, I follow my way. But I was not really happy about that. I, but I it was uh, I was young and I didn't know so much about that. I was just wanted to make picture, and then after I worked in Recycler, in the art center, and they proposed me a job to be social animator. I didn't know what it was at the beginning, and I was just trying to animate the neighborhood with different activities like organizing something with music and inviting artists to make music with with children and like something and then after I say ah it's not it was not nice because you just go from one to another activity and there is no line. So I say I skip that, I do all myself and but fine. It take it took years because the direct it was a new methodology and I begin to make pictures more quiet and calm and collecting image people that I know more and more in a good way with with trust and then it began to be okay in fact I like it you can give back the image you, you have time you don't have to be in a rush it's not about a project for one month and then there is a presentation then you go to drawings with another school then with elderly you could really work all, all year long and with six months project and then it began to be something for my job but something for my photography and I mix what I did for Recycler with my personal works and then, then there was a connection and I worked for Bozar, Wills, Aldous Kerbeck in, 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 in Latvia, in Germany, people. And it was all known after the moment I worked in Recycler, the first year I was trying stuff and then it began to be the way I worked, mainly. Sometimes I'm fed up with meeting people because I'm always <laughs> Then I go to America, I take a car and I photograph landscape because mainly I make portraits and sometimes it's really... You need a palette cleanser. I need a cleaning. If you know too much what you do, then it's not good. You have to imagine if stuff something happens, something not. It's the same as the participative. If you have too much ideas, mm -hmm. no, it goes wrong. It goes wrong. You have to have, have ideas and and then the people have ideas and they see what is going okay and not. And you have to be very flexible, open. You have not to uh, be angry if you miss if, if they miss a, a meeting because it's happened all the time because they forget because you want to to, to propose a project, but for them it's maybe not so important. It's something between all the maybe problems they have. So, so that's also a, a kind of quality that the participative photographer, if it exists, this name has to have because you, you are always missing stuff. Mm -hmm. So just keep and all the, the long term stuff is important to missing all the time the meetings and the photo is not nice and the story they don't want to tell because they are not in a good moment and you just have a coffee with the person and it's not the moment you know so you have to adapt yeah stay fluid and so in that way failure is kind of a not an end point but a starting point you simply stay yes. in the moment and sometimes see uh, where it will go yeah it's the, the fair is also something that makes you go to the next step mm, yeah and also sometimes the, you have to for one or two months you forget it and and then the person as you say as, as i told you comes back to you and then it's a ping pong again and it's better like that than just always calling and 
I, I, I always compare with the, the journalist who call you all the time. Are you sure you will turn on the interview or give me the picture? And then you feel, oh, no. And it's the same um, because when I, if I speak about one failure I had not so long ago in this kind of participative project, it happens to be like that because I was in a kind of gap of having to do something on a certain time and it makes the, the people who I was working with them, it was in prison with women, they felt it in a way, I think, and I was doing so nice that everything was okay. And I think because there was a deadline, it's totally smashed in and nothing happens. Like, is it, is it a struggle to... To have people trust you and then to to also tiptoe the line of that vulnerable like when is when is when is something too vulnerable like do you do you say like okay this is i'm just gonna put my camera away sometimes or like for me often that's uh, like the last couple of years in a lot of the work i did um, in the camera was not even present because um i reflected so much a lot on it and i I realized a lot of the work I did was really about living the moment and about creating these moments and having some result, like some result which could even just be documentation and documentation in the world of photos or it could also be writing or it could also be objects, it could be different things. But, um, and so, for instance, introducing a camera in a project is now something that I become even more careful of to uh, wait with it, to just uh, trust is something that's very, very complicated. Yeah, it's, um, it is something that exists between the people and, and you're in the, you're always in it together. Yeah? And, and if you're not uh, very, very cautious, um, you, can, you cannot create this feeling that we are trusting each other to be in it together. You're always the outsider who comes into someone else's world with a goal in mind, a certain project, an idea, your career, like all these things, money, and then you come into their world, and then you're cool and you're nice and you want to build a little trust, but you're not done of good yet. You have to be one mm -hmm. creating something with them, and then for sometimes it, that entails, for instance, like doing nothing with people for a long time, and then just being together or talking, so and then or for instance giving camera to them for a couple of times instead, and letting them take picture pictures of you or just. Changing the so that the power roles can be can can explicit or can become can change. And, um, what just to get in? What is it that you're after when you're uh, organizing? Uh, because you talk a lot about mm -hmm. difficulty and about mm -hmm. the, the vulnerability. Mm -hmm. um, but but what is there to gain? What what is it? What is there to accomplish for you if you can name it? Like luckily for me. Uh, for the last uh, almost a year, I've been working on a little publication uh, which is called uh, Failure and Freedom with uh, Musa. I organize participatory art projects in both Belgium and so we're working with Cahier about this idea of failure and freedom because for me, um, this kind of work is about transferring a certain sense of uh, mental freedom or not mental as in like a conscious freedom, little little piece uh, of your life where you can see, oh, I can also 
changed my perspective on things. And this is a bit why, why I think that the product photography is maybe a good like, example of uh, kind of an artist who does it because it's explicitly about his perspective. He takes the photo from his perspective. But if you try to, to share the dynamic with other people in the group, to, to look at the world, to not try to take the world or be in the world together and then sense how it impacts you or affects you and then document it in some way, people, a lot of people, um, my experience, actually have no idea that this kind of uh, relation to the world is possible. They have a very strong uh, subject-object uh, relation with the world, frankly. And so a lot of frustration also that they feel alienated from uh, other people, from the world, from how you can make it. So, um, and failure for me was uh, a very good way to to learn about this myself, but also to share this with people because it's something you can talk about, you can share with people. So if they try to do work, something else that we can do, but they maybe want to try themselves. This kind of openness, fragility, is, uh, and what I yeah. So what I want to achieve with the thing I'm trying to do now is this, that that they're in. Sometimes it's like in a session of two hours with a group of twenty, you can be like one photo you. One person in the group, a person who has been very negative the whole time, but in this one moment, you share a sense of quality, an openness, and then the whole of the session, the rest can be trash, and, and, and you have to maybe really forget about this. <laughs> but this moment really makes up, and then next week, something else can happen. Mm -hmm. It's about time. Is it? Yeah, sorry. I just want to want to get back to one thing you said because you you were talking about failure as a, a starting point to talk. Is it? Um, I don't find it that easy. I wonder, like, how do you how do you use failure as a starting point without um, scaring people away? Yeah, what I it's a good question, but what I mean by it is. Um, Like with, a, like with a family, uh, sometimes you get into a fight, and when the fight happens, it's uh, at a certain point it becomes unavoidable that the fight happens because you have to make everybody look like a mode, and then you have to let it happen until a certain point, and then afterwards, you, this is a kind of failure that the fight can have to happen, but, uh, and then you can address the fact just that it happened and say, can we all agree that last week was a really bad session, and then. Most of the time, like even if you I work like sometimes with groups of you know, kids of four or five years old, even in those groups they say, Yeah, that was not that was a bad time. And then we can think for a couple of minutes about how we feel and how it was. And just not talk too much because words are decisions and not uh, not decisions for everyone. Just don't try to do something else or target them. Is it you've also been working a lot with the uh, with the uh, youth uh, in in the last uh, ten years? Mm -hmm. uh, is it something that is um, that you can address with with a like in a meaningful way, like mm -hmm. failure? And I mean, I'm, it, it, I can imagine it's pretty intense. There again, but the whole point for me actually with young people um, and I try to now also do this with older people is to have a sense grow in them that there is no such thing as failure 
in art. It's, there can only be failure if you said it like Vincent said earlier, if you set goals like a journalist, you have to make your deadline and it has to be published, then the failure can be that you don't meet your deadline. This is not the way. I am here to try that you have a, do something in your life today. And um, this um, with young people, what I really focus on uh, with smaller children is that whatever ends up as the uh, at the end of a moment in time that we uh, can spend together, it's what you end up with. And then if there's next session, mostly there's next, you can then come back to that later in your life. But if you in education, you have a goal that you uh, set, and you have steps to get to that goal. And if you don't, if you fail to reach that goal, for instance, the kids don't learn how to multiply. It's a problem that you have to learn how to multiply. But in art, there's no goal. It's no success point. It's just a process that goes on and on and on. And playing is the is it, the goal. It's a kind of play. Yeah. yeah. So you just so you basically want to give. Uh, kids and teenagers a, a kind of permissive space where they can discover things and not have the same restrictions and the same like uh, um, aims and, and, and challenges like that they normally have, like succeeding or... Mm. When I talk about it with, with children but also with uh, fellow artists who are in these programs is where I, the word space is one I use a lot, where I use space in the same sense that I use time. Um, for them to, to imagine that they're in a room for a certain couple of hours together. And in this context, in this space with them, the rules are different. And this and that's it. And if you set out on this basis, it's already the great thing. Just to start like a session on that day, the rules will be different. We don't, we'll, we'll see what we, what we get. And mm -hmm. then, uh, and I find this uh, actually that young people also are into the project with the senior citizens last year. And it was the same setup, same start. You know, I have no goal. I'm just here for seven weeks, six weeks, every week with so much challenge. I think it's very democratic that you also put yourself in that role as well. Like when you are reading about your project with dementia and you also took some risks as well. So it's not like you're just enforcing this on your participants, but you're also putting yourself in a vulnerable position and just simply seeing what will happen. And sometimes magic comes out of that and sometimes not. And I think that that's kind of a brave thing to do. And with the Invisible Cowboy too, the idea of that you'll see those pictures, but you won't actually compose anything until that moment, that's an incredibly vulnerable position. And I imagine the results can be fantastic or totally banal, but I think it's great that you're approaching it in that way yourself as an artist, not just saying that that's such a great idea. I think that changes the dynamic between um, the person facilitating and the, the people participating. It's fun too. I think yeah. and me, I think one of the reasons to do it that way and not like the strict project-like way is that it's fun just to dive in and yeah. see what happens. You, you'd rather not have any objectives or a deadline or like a moment in time where it needs to be finished and just work and work and see where it gets you. I just do a lot of stuff. Uh, when there is a deadline, I show what I have. So I just continue working. And I know there is a deadline, so 
but if you would just collect every every time a little bit and then you see okay the deadline will come then you you have what you have and it's always the ending you know it's never finished yeah. it's just always improvisation and it's a heartening yeah. prospect though that it's never yeah, finished you just have, <laughs> yeah. it's not that you say okay i have a a deadline in one year and one focus only on one story to be very well finished. No, it's not. Uh, it's always continue. And even old project, I continue, even if the deadline is finished. Yes, mm-hmm. I like I like the person. They like obviously. So I and there there is new uh, stuff coming. So I continue the project even if I don't have any more. If I'm if there is no deadline, I'm not paid for it, and I I just like to be the mm-hmm. person. Happens with some of the project, even for you know maybe six, seven, eight years. But I just continue, and I don't know for, for no specific reason. Just the reason to be with the people and share the moments. And that you both like it, and you have some satisfaction out of it. So yeah, so yeah, so funny and so crazy, or so. You're gonna die a happy man. I think that's. And then after, yeah. And after, <laughs> even after, yes. You know that people ask you sometimes, "Do you have something?" And then you say, "Oh yeah, I have something." And it's you don't you are not stressed to say, "Okay, I have to produce something new," because you produce it all the time. It's a, pro- a programming requirement that needs to be filled. Yeah. So it's like another document and mm-hmm. it says that all these projects have to be built at the work. And so you see now, you see now a lot of projects which would have happened anyway are adding something. Mm-hmm. To the, to We've the heard that from other artists that we spoke yeah. to as well. I wanted to ask you guys, um, both of you work as photographers, but also very much with the commitment to the community where you do your work. Is there any specific project where you feel you achieved the interaction that you're longing for? Yeah, a lot. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what project? I think, uh, yes, one of the stuff that uh, I can say it's a success, and the question is about the success, is when the people from the beginning till the end are part of the of the of, of what happens. So just and I think when it's a success is when they are at the end there and happy and they see the result. And I can speak about Marilyn in Mons for Mons 2015 is Wills and she was there and in Wills it was um, it was a nice opening and everybody was well dressed and it was people from the high society. And she was not, and she's not, and she was the star, because they look at the images. It's you, and they was were interested in her, and she felt not under. She felt over mm-hmm. this world, and and it was not my exhibition. It was her talking to her all the time. So and after she told me, it's oh, it was nice, and I think that's one of the success. Or Jean Claude and. Um, Lily, uh, Claude and Lily, Jean Claude is the one from La Devine, and it's Jean Claude and Claude. 
Claude and Lily also, it, uh, they, he came to the opening and he was crying, happy. Uh, that was a beautiful sad, collection. Beautiful uh, feelings. And he saw all the pictures of him, of Claude and Lily, so with his with love was done. And yes, it, this came a success. Yeah. That when it was in the beginning until the end, yeah, then uh, I think it's a success. Can you, I, I'm a bit obsessed And then when he called me after the opening, and uh, when it's not finished in the opening, also it's a success, because now he called me, I call him, he's living in Blankenberg, with another Lily. He has another and, Lily, uh, okay. Yeah, the <laughs> same and Lillian, and then he called, oh, yeah, I mean, I'm in Blankenberg, it's Corona time, but I'm going to miss you. And still there is something, even we don't, I don't want to make any picture anymore, because it was the two people mm -hmm. together. But that's a kind of success. Yeah. But still happy about it because when there is a mediatization of the image, maybe also it's a very tricky moment because maybe they don't feel they, they can have intimate relation, photography, every share image, but when it's open to media and stuff, it's difficult. You don't know, you never know what will happen with the, in, the, in the mind of the people. But it was super happy and, and also and Marina also and all the project also. No, that sounds very satisfying personally. Um, I've been reading about your photo booth and I'm just wondering what it was like to be inside the booth when people came in and realized that you were inside or did they always know that inside was a live photographer? No, they don't they didn't know that okay. uh, so what I was... like to go out to, to, to take some hair mm -hmm. because, oh, mm -hmm. and then they saw me, saw me going out going back again inside the box. So many of them didn't know. And the, what was that moment like between photographer and participant when they I saw the microphone and I spoke to them? Mm -hmm. I made some jokes because some, they didn't see me really. So I said, oh, you have a nice, uh, uh, nice shirt, mm -hmm. green shirt. Like, oh. <laughs> oh my so God, they can see me. So that happens, yeah. yeah. They and really don't know uh, what's. Was there a confessional aspect of it in some ways? No, the most was the speaking to them and exchange and making the image. And, uh, and then sending the image to them. I like the idea to have a sending image. They receive something, it's a present for them yes. to give it. And it's kind of animation. It's, we went in a hospital and then there's nothing to do. They just smoke cigarettes with a Baxter and, and then you add it. What, what is this? Something that photography can be, it's a kind of fun stuff. Yeah. It's different from other projects where I go really deep with one person. This, uh, this was, in, in my afternoon, 100 person. Even if I, I just go in the street, I cannot recognize them. Only if I'm in yeah. the picture. And then other projects are one and one, and for five years it's just two person. So it's different, but uh, you can call that participative. But for me, it's just fun. It's not really participative. Mm -hmm. And you both seem to kind of share a love of the snapshot. What is it about the snapshot that inspires you? Snapshot, as in the. The family snapshot? Yeah, like your, your new shared project, which is mm -hmm. kind of a... Maybe we should just quickly uh, talk about the, the Tony Phototech yeah. and explain a little bit. Just um, so in last year, uh, Vincent and I started a local phototech foundation in Molenbeek Amelich, actually in the Haver, it's a quarter, quarter, which is uh, next to the canal. We don't use the names uh, Vincent and Casper when we're working on it. It's, uh, Johnny and Frankie. Um, the idea of the phototech is, uh, we call it sometimes an active archive, a contemporary photography archive, but actually it's many things. And it's a way to um, 
collects images of a very local neighborhood, like the Herberg neighborhood, which is changing very uh, rapidly, and uh, which is very specific with the car trade, um, with all the big hangouts that are there, with all the African people, African restaurants. And we didn't want to go and document it through as journalists and go there, but then we wanted to approach it in a different way, so document to the neighborhood that was changing, but also there's a different aspect, there's also the archives of processes, snapshots, like just uh, photos taken by people um, during their life, not considered as photography, just as a way to document events like birthdays or uh, Sinterklaas. Or, um, the fabric of life. Yeah, something. the fabric of life, which is sometimes caught in these photographs because they're not meant to be anything. There's a reminder of moments lived together. And there's a lot of that. There's also a lot of um, interest in that kind of photography now. Um, and for us, it's more like this a way to, uh, we don't, for instance, we're not really interested in owning archives. Uh, it's not an archive project in that sense that we are, that we want to build a physical archive where we scan images and then we show to share. Actually, yeah. it's a way to actually share. A lot about Collective is about sharing images, but also text because you write a lot in the project with other people and that way that can have a continuation uh, so that other people can feel something about an image or a text and they can continue it in their life. And um, so we scan images, we print them on a larger format, on a different format, we show like uh, all the time that when, when we had four or five openings, we just showed everything that we collected in that month, which mm -hmm. was five months in a row. And people bring in their photos? Or well, that's how does it. That now it's more refinement that we saw and refinement stories or people or just like we did a show with just the covers of Vincent's uh, photo albums that he uh, found during the years at uh, flea markets and so just the covers not even the images because the covers in themselves are already kind of photographic. Mm -hmm. Did you find them at the Puce? Mm -hmm. That's such a great place to find things like that. Yeah of course. I find every time I go there I have to be if I'm in a, if the sun is shining and I'm in a good mood, it's just like a complete treasure trove. But if it's raining and it's sad and you see those photos and spilled everywhere, the contents of people's lives, and then you start to see parallels between your life and their life. It's such a yeah, it's such a huge collective boxes, of emotion so. that place. I feel so lucky that we have it in Brussels, though. Like in every single day, it's there. Yes, yeah, twenty one now opening again. Yeah, it starts again. Twenty one June. I'll be happy to see you this again. Sunday. See you there. <laughs> on that note we have to stop very quickly like oh, yes, we have to have run to, to another uh, appointment uh, it it was really uh, nice to talk to you both today though uh, thanks a lot this podcast is part uh, of a three-year-long trajectory from rest for the wicked with support of the flemish government uh, and in collaboration with the Amos Forret Art Center and the Research Group of Culture and Education of the University of Finland. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself and take care of the people around you. Bye bye.